Welcome back, Seahawks fans, to the newest episode of the Seahawks Nest Podcast. I'm your host, Nathan Sano, joined, as always, by the James Bond to my Spider-Man. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing? Um, depending on the iteration, either dark and brooding or sexually creepy. And our very own. This is really hard, but I'm going to go with Batman. It's Eric Ronovic. Eric, how you doing? <sighs> Look. Look the other way. I'm gonna disappear. Eric, which which movie franchise star did you think I I wanted to go with, but then I I you know made myself be nice. You know Can because you I think you were gonna go Shrek because <laughs> that was a hundred percent gonna be not, Shrek. Not only, not, this is a big tease. Not only is Shrek a giant turd and a terrible film franchise, but uh, it's you know how much I hate it. So it's. Yeah. It's just like a wheelhouse hit for you. Just going to be honest with you. I don't think Shrek's that bad. All right. So anyway. But also, Eric, we also know that like ogres and onions, you have layers. Yeah. So how dare both of you? Let's get into (laughs) it today. Uh, So uh, uh, this is like when the off season really starts because not only is uh, optional team activities. These are like the three weeks everyone goes on vacation. So the coaches are on vacation. The players are on vacation. And well... Someone was having a little bit too much fun on vacation. That's right. Former Seahawk Frank Clark. Well, his va- his idea of vacation is a little bit different than yours, Eric. Did you hear about what Frank Clark was up to? I did not hear any of it, no. Okay, well, Kansas City Chiefs defensive end Frank Clark was arrested in Los Angeles on Sunday after police saw a submachine gun in his vehicle. A Los Angeles Police Department spokesperson told CNN. Okay. At the time, at the t- they pulled him over for a vehicle code violation. At the times, officers observed a bag with an Uzi sticking out. Was he in Montana? I, was he hunting? I would just like to point out the fact that um, he managed to both commit a traffic violation and have an Uzi hanging out of a duffel bag. So that's at least two bad decisions. So what I like about this, though, is Frank Clark's got a guy that in the car he can blame. He, he said, it's, it's, it's my bodyguard's gun, not my gun. Great, great. Oh thinking he he listened to michael irvin's speech at his rookie camp. <laughs> <laughs> what did michael irvin say to do kevin find a fall yeah, exactly. go ahead go ahead eric you do it best find a fall guy somebody you can blame somebody that could get in jail for you you could pay and you could get away with things so <laughs> uh i would like to point out now he just has to find a fi- find a fall guy for his regular season sack productivity, and he said, "Yeah, so okay, so Frank Frank Clark though, uh, between Frank Clark and Earl uh, Thomas, two guys that were uh, kind of linchpins of the Seahawks defense at different points in time. How how much credit do we give Pete Carroll now for uh, for holding that defense together with the, with some of the characters that were, uh, were were on that defense now? Like, how much credit would you give Pete for that, Eric? Uh, I'll give him a lot of credit, but." It just shows how fragile it was because all these two examples are something, but also one big misstep in Super Bowl 49, it the defense fell apart after that. And that wasn't even a defensive lapse. Yeah. Okay, what do you think? Um, I mean, I I thought that I would give him a lot of credit, but then I was doing some reading and apparently we shouldn't give him any credit. And he's the reason we haven't won a Super Bowl every single year. So I guess apparently it's just a fluke that we had all these massive personalities, including a cornerback who's now in jail, uh, safety, Brandon Browner, who enjoys uh, hallway treats with love. his brother, brotherly um, love, and, uh, Earl Thomas, 
and multiple gun charges on the roster. So, uh, uh, and a guy yeah. that would read a guy that would read books during team meetings. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's here's the thing. The sunset. Here's the thing. Okay, is that there's another coach in the NFL that that does get credit that held together a lot of uh, crazy personalities, but I think is still a little bit underrated, and that's uh, Mike Tomlin, Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, big uh, time! I mean that he had Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and Juju Smith-Schuster at the same time. Like, and that honestly, is, Pittsburgh ownership and everything. Oof, that is a big oof. And yeah. he he held that he held that stuff together. Had that team playing really good. I mean, they still he still never had a losing season, correct? Uh, so yeah, I I really think that Mike Tomlin, Pete Carroll, kind of cut from the same cloth. I mean, obviously, one only one of them looks like the star, the the second star of the show house but other than that uh you know kind of cut from the same cloth both have so, a hollywood good look so so all right that's uh that's that one uh, let's go ahead and move on uh, full capacity crowds this year in the century in century link got a uh, jamal adams responded can't wait everyone's excited uh so oh i'm excited i don't know about you guys but it's gonna is, is it is uh here's my question that goes with this though Kevin is home field advantage back in the NFL because last year we saw opposing offenses uh, doing just as good as uh, as or, you know road offenses doing just as good as home offenses league wide. Is this home field advantage going to be back? Is it going to be better than ever because of like all the pent up uh, like aggression we have from being stuck inside for so long? Or is is a uh, is home field advantage good and dead? What do you think? I think it's going to be back to the way it normally is, which means depending on where you're playing, depending on uh, the type of team, it's going to be an issue. Like there's certain places, Arrowhead, uh, the artist formerly known as the CenturyLink field. Um, there's places where crowd noise is a big issue because it it makes an issue for communication. We made the joke last year that the Rams were back because uh, McVay could shout all the way up until the snap across the field to golf and you could hear it the whole time. And as much as that's a, that's kind of memeing it a little bit, there's a certain level of truth to that. Um, it allows in a league where more and more coaches are taking on some of the decision-making for quarterbacks pre-snap and more and more pre-snap motion on offense. And then pre-snap uh, disguise on defense is becoming a bigger and bigger chess match. Having something like home field advantage with a good crowd that knows when to get loud but knows when to let their team do their thing, it makes a difference. So I don't think it's going to be a bigger deal than it was necessarily. Uh, one year is not long enough for people to forget. I mean, even people that were rookies last year, two years ago, where they were playing in loud college stadiums. So I don't think it's going to be a bigger difference than it ever was. But yeah, for what home field advantage is worth, it'll be around again. Uh, Eric, I know you're planning on hitting at least one game this year. Uh, what, what, uh, what do you, uh, out of that, <laughs> that let's, was me talking, guys. Let's me learning talk how to about talk. the the one thing that's really important here. Okay, that's CenturyLink Field, Seahawks yeah. Stadium, Quest Field. Thank God it's not T-Mobile Park. Whatever you want Loom, to call the it, the Lumen Stadium. I oh, think is thank what it's called you, now, Lumen right? Field, Lumen the Field. Loom. Thank you, Kevin. The Louvre. And the like reason the stadium price. keeps changing name is because that company keeps changing names. It's not. It, <laughs> we're not I getting a new sponsor. It's, because we're going to stitch together a championship this it's year. It's just the same sponsor changing their name over and over again. Anyway, go ahead. James don't care. But yeah, this is where it's most important because it's our team. And I think until or if I won't say until if the Seahawks have a bad, you know, start to have like a really bad or awkward season. I think this is going to be huge for this team. The fans here are hungry. 
the fans here almost lost Russ, and you can believe that or not, but we got a nice little scare, and we want all the success. There's there's so many people pent up just looking for something. I think it's going to be a big noise year for Questfield, Lumen, uh, the Louvre. The Loom, the fruit of the Louvre. Okay, uh, so um, last one. Marquise Blair looks really good in camp. Uh, Quandre Diggs needs a new contract. Are these things uh, grinding against each other? Is the reason that we because a lot of there's a lot of buzz, you know? Oh, Quandre Diggs needs a new deal. Quandre is the the, the big guy that that's unsigned that's kind of going under the radar. A lot of other a lot a lot of Seahawks circles have been talking about that. But um, Marquise Blair has been getting complimented quite a bit in camp in both his uh, his backup safety and nickel snaps. And so do you think that the succession plan for Quandre is just to hand the keys to the car to Marquise Blair? Or is the uh, is the is he our future at nickel and the safety issue is completely separate? What do you, what do you think, Kevin? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to say how this one's going to play out. On one hand, I could see the team going. We want to get the Adams deal done first before we start seeing how much money we have to wrap up in Quandre. I know the team likes Quandre and likes what he brings to the table. And Quandre is still a relatively young player. Um, He's still got a couple years left before you start worrying about any decline in his game. That being said, Ugo came in, played a really solid season at slot cornerback, and that does give the team some flexibility. So I still think they're going to try and re-sign him, probably to a bit of a shorter-term deal, and then... If, uh, you know, if he gets beat out, then he gets beat out, that kind of thing. So I do think they're playing against each other a little bit, but I think the bigger deal is they want the Adams deal. That domino needs to fall to see what kind of money is left over. Because the other thing is Adams and Quandre are tight and they don't want to give Quandre a short deal and have Adams upset about that before he signs his contract. Eric, what do you think about this uh, this Blair Diggs kind of uh, thing that's going on? Uh, big ups to Marquise Blair for you know knocking everybody's socks off in camp because I think he needed to do that. I think coming back from a tough injury too, right? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely. hear he's in the best shape of his life. That's really that's good. Always, that's the main story here. No, it's it's something that Pete wants to keep an eye on because I think Pete wants to amass talent, and I don't think there's a situation where Quandre Diggs loses his job to Marquise Blair fully there at least this year uh at 28 years old Quandre Diggs is resignable like Kevin said we want to do Adams first and then Diggs I I think Pete though is smart and he wants to see how everything's going to play out because one you don't want to overpay the guys that need new contracts two you don't want to go all in on Marquise Blair and find out that when the the games really start that he's not your guy yeah my my uh my opinion uh, I just have one take here, which is that Marquise Blair plays well over 50% of all possible defensive snaps this year, surprising everyone. Barring uh, okay. injury, of course. Yes, of course. If he tears his ACL again, then that's that. All right, let's get into our big topic for the week, which this year we're going to the uh, AFC uh, Norse. Th- that's how light the, the news was this week, by the way. I couldn't even come up with more than 10 minutes of uh, things to talk about unless you wanted to get into like the truly – <clears throat> BS topics, but but no, uh, I only like to joke about those topics. We aren't actually going to talk about them. Um, Ravens last year went eleven and five. They added Sammy Watkins, Alejandro Villanueva, Kevin Zeitler, and Josh Oliver, losing Yannick Ngakwe, Matthew Judon, Willie Sneed, and Matt Skura. They drafted Rashad Bateman, Odafe Owe, 
Brandon Stevens, Ben Cleveland, Seahawks connection there fighting for a roster spot. A linebacker on their team is Seahawks practice squad legend LJ Fort. Eric, what do you see happening this year for the Baltimore Ravens? I think the Baltimore Ravens have uh, just a, a a fine, fine coach. Okay. Yeah, Harbaugh's good. The 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 best coaching Harbaugh. The most yeah, the better Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Yeah, the better Harbaugh. The best Harbaugh. I think he's a great coach. I think Lamar Jackson is a quarterback who can only get better. I don't think he's a bad quarterback at all, but certainly I think he needs to be a better quarterback. The receivers for the Ravens, unproven is the best thing I can say about them. This Sammy, run, what about Sammy Watkins? If Sammy, he can just stay on the field for the whole season. Yes. Sam, <laughs> Sammy Watkins is is a fine receiver for four games a year. Plus, remember, and, he's not actually human. Yeah. The first, the first week of the season, <laughs> Sammy Watkins is going to destroy, and that's the that's what he does every year. He just has an awesome week one, and then six hundred yards on the season. There is a report out of Baltimore because you know what I do. Part of what I do when I research this is I look at like the camp stories, and a big camp story out of Baltimore this year is that Sammy Watkins looks incredible and is the best receiver on the roster, which best for me is almost like like the worst because if. Because you have, he has you great have, pure talent, but he can't ever be the guy. You have spent uh, four first or third round picks on wide receivers in the last two years, plus, or three years, plus a fourth rounder. So you've got Hollywood Brown, Rashad Bateman, Tylen Wallace, Devin Duvernay, and Miles Boykins. You've spent first or second day picks on all of those dudes, and none of them can beat out Sammy Watkins. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> That's yeah, the Ravens, not great. The Ravens, not great, Bob. Uh, they they have a what a new OC this year because their offense is so predictable. I think that the Ravens are going to have a slight regression only because I don't think that they're going to turn the corner and get so much better offensively, and they're going to stay at eleven wins. Yeah, have a stupid record. Uh, so. Uh, okay, wait, it's Kevin next. Sorry, I wrote I wrote down the order this time so I would go in the same order every time. So Kevin, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, all right, so um, believe it or not, they actually kept Greg Roman as their OC. There was a lot of discussion about moving, but he's the one who kind of developed that Lamar Jackson offense, and I'm not sure they would know exactly how to slide away from him. I do agree they have the superior Harbaugh, so that's a pretty big leg up, and I think that can help. And also, I'm still surprised that uh, Wink Martindale doesn't have a head coaching job. That kind of says how hard it is on defensive coordinators getting head coaching I mean, jobs. Here's the thing about Greg Roman is the first season, he was really, really good. Yep. Uh, like they averaged like 34 points a game. Then everyone kind of figured him out. But I think towards the end of last year, if you look at their results, he really started to turn some different knobs and they started to look really good on offense again. They were really kind of peaking towards the end of last season. So, yeah, and that, I think part of it's J.K. Doppins was kind of coming along and then Gus Edwards uh, getting healthy again because he had some kind of nagging injuries earlier. So I like their running back tandem there. I really like what they did on, on the offensive line. Bring in Kevin Zeitler brings you in a solid to plus player on the interior offensive line, which was kind of a weakness I, for them. Can I jump in here? Ke- that Kevin Zeitler contract, Kevin, is the best contract oh, God, anyone so got the, the whole offseason. I am salty that that was it is an in- contract. incredible contract that they signed Kevin Zeitler to. He's making like $5 million a year for three years. They got him They got him locked up for five and a half, I think, over the next three years. Just an incredible deal for a guy who is one of probably the 10 best guards, maybe the lower end of the top 10, but he's a really good guard. Uh, and 
yeah, they, they should not lose a step. You're right, Kevin, on the offensive line. They did a really good job there. Well, and then they drafted Ben Cleveland in the third round, who looks like Magnus for Magnuson. And so you mm-hmm. just bring him in to be the world's strongest man at uh, one of the guard spots. And it sures up the interior of the line. Center's kind of a question, but I think overall the offensive line should be doing pretty well. They traded away a right tackle, got a pretty good um, haul back for Orlando Brown. And then they picked up Alejandro Villanueva, who's going to be really solid because that's what like, he does. He comes in and plays a really solid offensive tackle. Eight, eight tenths of the guy they traded, right? Like it's like, right. If you can get a bunch of picks for and then get eight tenths of that guy back, I think you just do it. Yeah. He, yeah. And it, and all that you're taking away from a division rival too, because Villanueva was the best offensive lineman on a division rival team. Exactly. So I think their offensive, their offense, I think is going to be pretty good. We'll get a chance to see, I think what the problem is with the passing game here, because adding Bateman, adding Wallace, adding Watkins, who isn't a great number one option, but as a number two or a number three option is an interesting guy. I think we'll kind of see if the offense needs to need some tweaks to be able to put together a passing game, if Lamar can put together a stronger passing game or not. But the big thing is strengthening that offensive line is what's going to put it more in line with where it was in 2019. The defense, I'm curious about pass rush. Like they're going to need somebody to step up. So either... You know, Adafi Owe can come in. Um, if you did a lot of pre-draft stuff, you might have heard Jason Owe. Um, Adafi right. Owe is uh, his is the name he's going it's, by. It's, an actual, it's his actual name. name. He's he's like I'm in an NFL now. I don't I don't have to tell people my name's Jason just because exactly. they can't pronounce my real name. Yeah, yeah. which is a, which is a cool thing to say. Kevin, you is can that, pay but me I have, millions of dollars so you can say a, my name right? I have a question about this. Is there a team though in the whole league that you would trust? more than this team to figure out how to make pass rush with guys that you aren't hundred percent sure about. Because for me, there, Maybe there's, Bill Belichick. there's Maybe, not like, this is like the only one close. This yeah, is the gold together. standard for like, I don't know if I'm going to trust them to have sacks because they the always figured out. Bowser might get 15 sacks. Who knows? Exactly. Like, it wouldn't be shocking. I'm not, Holy I'm God. not going to, I'm not going to doubt that because like, yeah, what's going to happen is Tyus Bowser is going to get like 15 sacks and then there's someone else is going to sign him for $16. They'll get a third round compensatory pick for him and then they'll just have a new guy come in and get 15 sacks. That's what they always life. do. Yeah. So I, uh, I'm right in line with Eric. I think it's going to be, uh, they were 11 and five last season. I'm going 12 and five this season and, um, tying for the best record in the division. I have, a. Uh, I have said I kind of jumped in with the with my points when you guys were talking about them, so it felt more like a conversation this time. So okay. I will, I will, um, I have also have the Ravens at eleven and six. Uh, I have them in the two seed though in the uh, in the AFC at eleven and six. I only have one team above that record, uh, which was last week's Miami Dolphins. So so you uh, this team is really well constructed, as Kevin said. They've done they they've done a lot here. It should be a really solid team. There's not really a whole obvious hole on this roster except maybe safety, but I think their safeties are, are fine. Their cornerbacks are very good. Their, their front seven is strong. And like, like I said before, if you know, Bowser McPhee and Owe is, should be able to generate a pass rush from there with the kind of the, what we've seen from them in the past. And they do have Calais Campbell to just be disruptive uh, in the, in the middle part of the field. I like them. Another I like player they got for really cheap and I hate them. Yeah, I like this team a lot. And Lamar Jackson down the stretch last year, people don't remember because the beginning of the season was pretty stinky. But the end of the season, he was really good and you know almost brought me home another fantasy championship. So yeah, Lamar, Lamar is fine. I think that they're the, the thing about narratives is 
you guys can, if guys do really bad at the beginning of the year or really bad at the end of the year, it becomes like the whole season for some people. They, they like kind of forget about the rest and Baltimore didn't like go on to win the title or anything. So it wasn't like a full redemption arc for them. So yeah, I like them to kind of stick where they towards where they were last year though. 11 wins and let's head to the, to Cincinnati for the Bengals. The Bengals went four eleven and one last year. They added Riley Reef, Mike Hilton, Shadobia Woozy, and Trey Hendrickson. They lost William Jackson the third, Carl Lawson, Mackenzie Alexander, and AJ Green. Drafting Jamar Chase, Jackson Carman, and Joseph Asai. Jack's connection. <laughs> Sorry, the Carman thing. Uh, <laughs> Seahawks, Seahawks practice squad legend Khalil McKenzie will be fighting for a job at defensive tackle uh, on this squad. So there you go about that one. Kevin, start us off. How do you feel about the Bengals? Uh, I like the way that the Bengals have been constructing this. I think this will be a really good test to see if Zach Taylor is a capable NFL coach or not, which no. I think might be one of the biggest outstanding <laughs> questions on the team. He's not. Like, that wide receiver room, you got T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase. That's a top three I'd put against just about any other top three in the league. That's a really good set of receivers. And then Auden Tate as your, as your fourth receiver is not a bad dude. Their offensive line is improved. They actually have two NFL tackles, which is one more NFL tackle than they had last season. Uh, the interior is still kind of a mess. If Jack Carmen can win a job, that's a really good sign. Um, Quentin Spain is capable. Like You want Quentin Spain to be your worst offensive lineman, and right now Quentin Spain is like their third best offensive lineman. But they so do have an offensive lineman named Michael Jordan, Kevin. They do. Yeah. Very yeah, competitive. That was a sentence. Anyway, moving on. So I uh, I think Joe Burrow coming back from the injury, I have every reason to believe that he'll be at least solid, if not good. Um, Joe Mixon continues to be a stable presence at running back. And then their defense is interesting. So bringing in Trey Hendrickson is kind of a one-for-one replacement with uh, Carl Lawson on the way out. Sam Hubbard is just like a staple rotational uh, defensive lineman. Uh, Wolf, I think Larry Ogunjobi was a nice pickup. Him and DJ Reader in the middle is interesting. So DJ Reader is good at football. He is. So their yeah. front four, and I also like Joseph Osai. I think he was a valuable pickup where they got him. Um, so I think we should see an improved defense. But the problem was their defense was horrendous last season. This so is... their offensive line went from like bad to below average, and their defense went from like horrendous to bad, which they still up... means they're not great. They picked up like Mike Hilton. They don't even need Mike Hilton. Trey Waynes is, they already have Trey Waynes, who's above average nickel cornerback. I don't under, like their offseason plan did not make sense to me. And then, like, they just have this pile of cornerbacks who, that is, it's very yucky. Like, they're kind of letting their, they're letting the problem sort itself out, which like, uh, that's a decision. They're like, Jesse Bates can play really good in single high. So, well, don't worry about it. We'll just, who, who needs cornerbacks? It's like, yeah, well, now we're just hanging this guy out to dry all the time. Sure, he'll have 140 tackles because you're giving up a bunch of garbage. I don't know. I don't like their defense at all. I actually, I don't, I don't see any guy on this team other than Sam Hubbard that can get 10 sacks. Like, that's a problem for me. I think Trey Hendrickson could. Uh, I, I, I think that he was, I think that he benefited from being in a really good situation in New Orleans, but I think the two of them are going to be, they're both like kind of eight to 10 sack guys to me. I would, I think Sam Hubbard is, is I, how about this hot take? Sam Hubbard is much better than Trey Anderson. I just don't like Trey Henderson at all. I think that that deal, like getting, like losing Dunlap and replacing him with Trey Henderson is like a big step back for me. And 
Yeah, like I like the. I have them at seven and ten. I think they'll take a step forward overall, especially if they get a healthy Burrow all season. But I do think they're a very flawed team. That's funny. I also have them at seven and ten, mostly for the same reason. Joe Burrow, year two quarterbacks make the leap, right? If Joe Burrow is a real NFL quarterback, and I think we agree, right, Kevin? He's a real NFL quarterback, right? Uh, Yes, I think so. Yeah. So if he's a real NFL quarterback, he's going to be a lot better, and no, no amount of Zach Taylorness can stop him from getting a few extra wins compared to last year, right? It's, it's, it's <laughs> Zach Taylor's bad. The defense is not great. The offensive line needs help. I do generally agree with you though, that this is a team that the arrow is pointing the right direction. And I just hope that they don't talk themselves into Zach Taylor because right now, when I look at their schedule, I could totally see them uh, like sprinkling the wins all throughout the season and never right and feeling like they good. have the momentum going into next year well, no, and then next year finish seven and ten that's again. that's the thing their last five games <laughs> is really hard 49ers broncos ravens chiefs browns like those are all teams that i think highly of i could easily see them going one and four or even oh and five in that stretch which is especially good especially those last three because i really want zach taylor to get canned because this roster's yeah. The arrow's pointing in the right direction, and if they can just get Zach Taylor fired and then get one more year of good drafting, this team is, I think, on the right trajectory. Kind of the same way the Browns were, you know, a couple years ago. So, yeah, I agree with most of what you said, Kevin. I just, I'm a little more pessimistic about uh, some of the individual players, and I think that, I think that it's good though because they're not locked into anything long term, and when they're ready to make a splash, they will be able to. You know, when Burrow's in year four and they need to spend $16 million to bring in that last piece or whatever, they're go- they're, there's nothing on their balance sheet that will stop them from doing it, which I right. which I really, really like. So, yeah, I think that the GM, I don't know who it is, but he knows the trajectory of this team. You know, he's a, he's aware that this is not going to be a playoff team this year, most likely. So I think, OK, Eric, are you are you are you pe- more pessimistic, less pessimistic? Or are you right in line with us on the Cincinnati Bengals? Ooh when the Des Moines Dynamo is sitting here thinking you forgot about him. He's getting so hungry talking about all this football, and he becomes a skyline sequester. Mm, mm, mm. Give me some of that skyline chili up there in Cincinnati. Uh, Besky, <laughs> that is, uh, that's for Flocktimus. Um, I would like to say that the Bengals will get to 8-9 and nine because there is no 500 record anymore. I look through the schedule. I can't get them above six wins, guys. And I like this team a lot because I really like <laughs> I like their young players. I think their offensive line is going to be dangerous for Joe Burrow, uh, at least not not consistently going to help him. I I just I really want to see him at seven wins. I have them pegged in for six. Can I make two quick points? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, one. Uh, so they don't have a general manager. Duke Tobin, great name. Uh, is their director of player personnel, which is kind of their equivalent position, which is just kind of an interesting situation. They kind of are running a, uh, like a a decision-making panel. The Bengals are, the Bengals are cheaping out on, on a front office costs. Yes. It's it's amazing. This is okay. Wait, this is a classic Bengals problem because I think a lot of people don't understand the reason they kept the same staff they did for so long, even though they didn't have any success is because they, their old coach. They were doing just good enough to get people to still come to games and pay. Oh, no, who is their who is their who is their their Marvin previous Lewis. coach? Marvin Lewis, uh, according to a lot of insiders, was doing wearing a lot of different hats for Correct. them: GM hat, coach hat, 
scouting hat. Like he was doing everything and still having some moderate amount of success. And it's like, well, if we could pay one guy to do like 15 jobs. And so it's not surprising that they're kind of still cheaping out in that regard. It's a very Bengals thing. The other thing I wanted to bring up is um, there's a lot of pre-draft, I don't know, hand-wringing about uh, taking Penesul for the Bengals. And I just want to say, if the offensive line is not good, it won't be because they didn't take Panay Sewell. Mm, they had good. already signed Riley Reef. Uh, they already had two NFL offensive tackles, and you're not going to play Panay Sewell at guard, despite what certain pre-draft people said. And then there, so the yeah. other thing too is the the Jets' offensive line wasn't good last year, and they drafted Beckton. Like it, it, yes. it doesn't make a difference when you have three bad offensive linemen on the rest of the offensive line. Like I think that's the thing people are underrating about that whole thing. It's not like you bring in Penny Sewell and all of a sudden the whole offensive line gets good. It, it it's going to take another one more extra draft. Uh, for them, kind of like uh, yeah, this year, another year. The, the Jets drafted Elijah Vera Tucker, brought in Connor McGovern. Like they were, they were making other moves, you know, to try to fix their offensive line. So if they get okay. Morgan Moses, their old line's going to be kind of legit. Yeah. So the Browns went 11 and five last year. They added John Johnson, the third Jadavian Clowney, Troy Hill, Takarist McKinley. They lost Terrence Mitchell, Olivier Vernon, BJ Goodson, Larry Ogan, Jovi Seahawks connection. It could have gone with Jadavian, but I wanted to go deep for this one, boys. Seahawks ATV riding legend Malik McDowell <laughs> is on the Cleveland Browns roster right now, baby. Let's go. So Cleveland Browns is probably like a trendy pick to be the best team in the AFC because let's be honest, this roster is really stacked. It's a, re- a really, really, really good roster up and down. There's not a lot of holes you can punch in it except if you're really down on the the wide receiver group maybe or you don't like the linebackers a little bit although bringing in jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa at uh, in the second round is a, a steal for them and something that they i thought some a guy that i thought they might take in the first round to be honest with you because it was a an obvious hole in their roster and they got him in round two they bring in newsom which is good for them because they have pretty good cornerbacks but they're always hurt and so that gives them the depth that they'll need to get through a whole season. Troy Hill picking up a couple of those solid Rams defenders to shore up their secondary. I don't I'm obviously first in this one, but I love this roster so much. There's just one problem. They're still the Browns. So I can't like go crazy all in with them. And the, the biggest browniest player on this team is honestly Baker Mayfield. Um, the guy I, I had number one on my, my QB board that season. I thought Baker was really good. I, um, he has been okay up and down, uh, kind of all over the place. I do not think that greatness is in store for Baker Mayfield at this point. I think it's pretty clear that he, at best, he'll be uh, you know kind of lower end of the top ten quarterback. And I do think that holds this team back a little bit. I have them at ten and seven, uh, making the playoffs. They're they're good. They're they're good. This is a good football team. I'm not like trying to to wild out on it. And they, there's huge upside here. Twelve, thirteen win upside. I just. Like I said, I don't. I'm not a Baker believer, and the quarterback touches the ball and he plays the most important player on the field. And this is still the Browns, so there you go. All right, Eric, what do you think about the Brownies? Uh, Browns have a lot of, like you said, they they're stacked. They have a lot of young players that are coming into. I don't know if it's their prime, but close to their prime. Odell Beckham Jr. is supposed to be back. I think he is. Is it like the McRib? Is it like the McRib? Yes. Yes, it is. In that they only show up for part of any individual year and are overrated while they're there. So good, Kevin. So spot on. I don't know. I haven't had a McRib in like 13 years. Maybe we should all have one. No? Okay. 
So I Odell would, Beckham is a guy it. they should totally move on from because this team has enough young receivers. They did some good things in the draft. Got Greedy Williams, the best named cornerback in the NFL. Uh, <laughs> you you were saying that you can't. The Anthony trust- Schwartz era has begun for Eric. <laughs> I think do you like guys who run really fast in a straight line? I hope you do. With a cool name, Kevin. Here's Donovan Peoples Jones. Donovan Peoples Jones, such a raw talent that turns out that him and Anthony Schwartz are the same guy. He will he will make the practice. <laughs> Have you line. seen them in the same room together? No. No. No, there you go. Because I can't I don't even think I could pick them out of a lineup. No, I like I like Baker Mayfield enough. I have them I have them a little higher though, maybe because the, certainly parts of their early schedule look like they should just roll kind of how we talked about the Bengals will, will look, you know, good overall because the winds sprinkled throughout and, you know, they'll, they'll tank at the end of the season with their schedule getting tough. I think the, the, the Browns, sorry, I almost said the Bengals again, I'm getting my orange uh, Ohio teams mixed up. Uh, this is a team I see at 12 wins. Right. I'm going. 12, I'm going deep on the Brownies. Twelve and five. What about you, Kevin? Uh, how do you feel about the Browns? You know, I also landed on twelve and five. I'm a little higher on Baker Mayfield than you are. I think that I, uh, you know, he got knocked out by a kitchen sink, and it gives him a weird trajectory curve. This is like a prove it year for him, but I just kind of have faith that he will. I think they have good pass catchers. They've got a really good offensive line. They've got some top tier running running backs um, like Chubb and Hunt would both be starters for basically any NFL team. And so having them both on the same roster is really good. And I think the defense is ready to take a step forward. Jadeveon Clowney is at his best when he is the second best pass rusher on his team. And he is definitely the second best pass rusher on this team. Um, bringing in uh, Tommy Togia and Malik Jackson to kind of sure up an interior that lost a couple of bodies there along with Andrew Billings, who's just kind of that space heater and Jordan Elliott, who I liked in last year's draft a lot, um, bringing in Anthony Walker over from Indy. And he's kind of one of those guys who can get the defense in the right spots and can add some stability to a linebacking group that was, um, a little up and down last season. Uh, I love the addition of John Johnson, but it also means that Ronnie Harrison's available to be like a third safety if you wanted to have an extra box safety slash linebacker, um, if maybe you're not ready to have uh, Jeremiah Usukomo take that role, or if you want somebody down there and take Sioni Takitaki off the field, so there's a lot of there's a lot of flexibility in the personnel. Um, I think this is a really good coaching staff. I I think Kevin Stefanski is a good head coach, and so there's a lot of reasons to be up on this team. My only hesitation is that until a team shows that they can go from kind of good to great, it's hard to know if they will. Like they're like, if you think about the Vikings, when Kevin Stefanski was the OC there, that's a team that probably should have been able to get further than they could with a really loaded roster that just couldn't quite get over the hump. So I want to see that happen before I go all in, but from a regular season perspective, yeah, 12 and five, I think they will be one of the better teams in the NFL next year. Yeah. Okay, and then finally, the Steelers. Last season, they went 12-4. and four. They added – I'm not joking. It was really – I was really close to just writing no one for, for this Accurate. because they added B.J. Finney, Joe Haig, Kalen Balage, and Ray Ray McLeod. Uh, um, and then they lost Mike Hilton. They Alejandro added two Villanueva. Ray McLeods? 
no ray ray oh just one ray ray cloud it's it's, it's actually on the depth chart twice on our lads but uh mike hilton <laughs> they lost alejandro villanueva they lost bud dupree they lost james connor drafted Najee harris pat fryermuth kendrick green seattle connection cassius marsh is on the steelers now i'll go first because uh this is the wild card round and here's my thing about the steelers okay is that like i said before earlier in the podcast uh, their coach, Mike Tomlin, never goes uh, under 500. But boy, when I look at this offense, does this look like a roster that's going to go exactly eight and eight to me? And so, like, it's really hard for me to get away from can't that. Go eight and, eight. and the and then I go and I look, and you can't go eight and eight anymore. Like, I have to pick a side. I can't Rough. go. I can't go eight and eight because it you does eight, eight and one. And here's the problem with this team, oh. by the way. Okay, is there was an obvious problem with this team last year. Their offensive line sucked. And they addressed it by going to get BJ Finney, trash, Joe Haig, garbage, and drafting Kendrick Green, not going to be ready. So they, they, they didn't, they did nothing. And they lost their best offensive lineman. That's a problem, in my opinion. And I don't think it's like a, I don't think it's a super, uh, super I think sh- most would agree with that opinion. That's not very controversial. So turns now out they have offensive linemen. Now they have a quarterback who's really, Pretty in the broken down stage of his career. And if you could protect him like they protect Brady in Tampa Bay, I think Ben could do fine, to be honest with you. I don't think he's washed in that way. But if you're putting him under a crazy amount of pressure on every play, and then what are you going to do? You're going to hand a Najee Harris and let him try to break three tackles on every play? This offense is not is going to struggle to move the ball. And it doesn't matter how good your defense is if you put them in bad situations over and over. And I really do think this offense is going to be like that, where they put this defense in bad situations over and over. It's a good defense. It's a really good defense. And if they can do something about this offensive line in season or uh, maybe on cut day, they can trade some of their picks for next year to try to reload this offensive line a little bit. I could totally see them outperforming my prediction for them here and not being like an eight and eight team, but they need to do something about this offensive line. What they have currently on the roster is not going to cut it heading into 2021. I picked them to go eight and nine. And uh, that, as they say, is that. So Kevin is the downfall of the Steelers finally here, or uh, do you you have a little faith that they'll hold on for a little longer? So the offensive line is really interesting because Kevin Dotson came in and he was a guy that I really liked in last year's draft. And he came in and showed exactly why I liked him. So they have Kevin Dotson and aging David DeCastro, who's still a really effective um, offensive guard. And between Kendrick Green and BJ Finney and uh, JC Hessenauer, I'm not really sure how you say his name. I don't even know if he knows how to say his name. I don't know if Mike Tomlin knows how to say his name, but he probably does because he's a good coach. But between the three of them, let's say they can patch together at least some C-minus play at center. So maybe the interior of the offensive line is decent. Well, last year, Dotson and DeCastro were, were pretty decent, and it didn't matter because the offensive tackles just weren't able to hold it together. Um, Alejandro Villanueva played really well, but right tackle was kind of a mess. And they had a few guys who kind of got banged up. It took a while to put it all together, and we know the continuities were continuity is really important on the offensive line. I'm uh, Chikuma Okorafor. I mean, okay, maybe, maybe he's ready. Maybe he can be all right. He's been in the league for three years, Kevin. Yeah, that's, that's a fact. And, you know, maybe they let uh, Alejandro Villanueva go on purpose because they think that he's ready. 
but then you think Zach Banner slash Joe Haig are ready to hold down the right side? Like, I feel like there's kind of two pretty sure things at the guard spots and then three massive question marks, and especially right tackle. I don't know how you feel comfortable with that. So that's a really big problem when you have Ben Roethlisberger, who's like a double quarter pounder away from offensive line himself, back there who doesn't have the same arm that he used to, who's trying to run an offense that has Deontay Johnson, who now we don't know if he has drop issues, Chase Claypool, who's really athletic, but we're not really sure what his route tree looks like in the long run, and Juju Smith-Schuster, who's shown that he can't be the guy. You know, he's he could be a number two receiver, he can do certain things, but he can't be the guy to carry a receiving core. So, yeah, like you said, the offense is just a massive question mark. And the defense is good. They've got a really interesting, though thin, front four. I think that Cameron Hayward, Tyson Alawalu, uh, Stephon Tuit, especially Tuit, Watt, and Hayward, they got all those three against anybody's front four. They got Alu Alu back way too cheap. Yep. Like, I, I hate, like, the, the, that guy is not a guy who can play. Thing. He can't play like 800 snaps or whatever, but if you put him in a position to be successful for 500 snaps a year, he's going to be awesome in those 500 snaps. And so, why can't we have that guy? <laughs> I, don't know, I hate so I hate stuff like that. You know, like yeah. where it's just like this is an obvious like, hey, you know, this guy we're only not going to play him a lot. He's not the best. He's not going. to He can't do everything, but it, these 500 snaps, he's going to be excellent. Yeah, I would love to have him be our Alwoods on the roster. Instead, we have Alwoods as our Alwoods. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Devin Bush is like up and coming. I'm I I'm not sure if Alex Highsmith is quite ready to take over the pass rushing role that Bud Dupree had. But also, I don't think Bud Dupree was as good as Bud Dupree seemed to be. So, yeah, odds are they're off. their defense is going to be as good as it was last year, which is to say it's going to be a top-five defense. I just can't believe in this offense, and I think there's kind of a lot of dysfunction right now. I'm kind of hoping that they follow my trajectory and they end up going 7-10 and 10 because I would like to see Tomlin let go, and I would like to see him become the head coach of a different team that, that you don't hate, you don't hate so much. Well, and also, I think people just kind of got complacent because he came in, won right away, and then they're like, well, you should be a Super Bowl every year. Well, he's been having to like do a lot of duct tape and stuff to keep a roster together, and I don't think he gets appreciated for what he's managing. Yeah, I agree. Okay, um, what what, uh, what do you think, Eric? What do you think uh, about the, uh, the Steelers? I always respect the hell out of Mike Tomlin, I I don't how it, I don't see how anyone can see say that he isn't a a very very good coach doing what he's done over as many years as he's done it. This is a really quick way of saying it to wrap it up so we don't go over. You guys want it over how bad the offensive line is, how uh how the receivers are a bunch of question marks and Ben Roethlisberger is old. Through their first 7 games, if they can get past 2 wins, they have a chance at over 500 ball. But look at that schedule. There are maybe two wins there, the Bengals and the Raiders. Everything else should be a huge loss for them. Then they go into like a four-game streak of where they can win. Okay, from there, they can they can come out six and five, maybe seven and four, and you'll be like, wow, this team's going to do it. And then the end of their schedule is just daggers. I see this team at seven and ten. Sorry, Mike, you're not going to make it this year. Yeah, all right, there we go. Yeah, I, I agree. I think we're all on the same page with this team is that like they need to do something to address this offensive line if they're serious about trying to contend this year. Otherwise, it's really about training Dwayne Haskins to take the throne. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Oh man, Dwayne, they have Dwayne Haskins. Okay. Uh, so proud of yourself. <laughs> Uh, there are many ways to support the Seahawks podcast. The best way to do so, head over to only12s.com. Click anywhere on your screen where you see beautiful Michael Dixon action. And uh, join the join the, uh, join the Patreon. Uh, get in the Discord. Come say hi. Uh, fantasy football uh, survey is going up actually tomorrow, I think. And so uh, the people uh, that are supporting the show, thank you. Andy, Brett, Greta, James, Carrie, Lucas, Ryan, Tom, Emmanuel, Astro, Bob, Casey, Floctimus, Foles, Jay, Karen, Leon, Michelle, Mike and Mike, Richard, Sam, Thomas, Warwolf, and uh, then it's Nick and Brandon. Thank you guys for supporting the show. Uh, really appreciate it. You guys uh, keep us going. Keep us alive. Keep us saying help us buy new equipment, which is like going to be cool because we're getting back in person soon and I'm, I'm really excited about it. So uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, summer movie. Oh, if you don't have any money, review us on iTunes. It, it helps. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, okay. Love. Uh, summer movie season returns this Thursday with F9, the newest, the newest, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, chapter in the family saga of the Fast and the Furious. So I thought it would be great is if we went through and we looked at our greatest franchises of all time, because summer movie season is back. We got this. We got Black Widow coming. Okay. Franchise season is here, baby. Uh, and I know that a lot of people love these movies. And I'm going to just tell you, the Fast movies is like, uh, up there for me. Very excited to see how John Cena is in this movie. Uh, that's going to be amazing to me. Han is back. Uh, they spoiled in the trailer, so I don't feel bad about saying it. But that's uh, that's very exciting for me. My favorite. I would character. have been kind of mad, except it's great to have Han back, so I don't care. Yeah, it's it's worth it's worth it. I'm like mad that they spoiled it, but also not mad at all. It would it would have got leaked or something. I would. Uh, it just makes you that. more excited to see it. That's one of those like good spoilers. Best review. F9 isn't bad, and it's not good. It's just F9. That, that's that's exactly how I expect to feel as I yeah. walk out of the theater. The movie's going to be great. I'm so excited. All right. So, uh, yeah, I just want to see stupid, stupid things happen and on my screen. I'm, I'm in for it. So what I did, what we did is, uh, Eric, I'm going to post the link one more time just in case you didn't get it into the, the group chat here. And so uh, what we did is we took the 20 highest grossing movie franchises of all time based on adju- adjusted uh, income uh, domestic gross and then we each got to add one so adjusted uh, domestic gross per movie to make it so that no 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 it was nope nope it was total oh Any, okay. yeah anyway marvel cinematic star wars bond batman potter spider-man x-men jurassic park star trek lord of the rings superman indiana jones fast and the furious shrek rocky pirates transformers toy story jaws hunger games that was the top 20 we uh we we nixed some like there was a special entry for dcu and the avengers but we thought like those fit into other categories that discussion has already happened we each got to add one eric you added the terminator franchise why'd you add terminator uh it's arnold schwarzenegger deserves to be on this list it's summer blockbuster we'll go into it when someone cuts it or it wins and then, uh, Kevin, you added the Oceans movies. Why did you add the Oceans movies? Well, when I think about movies, and I think about movies that I want to see, especially during the summertime when I have a lot of time to watch them, I think about movies that are fun and movies that make me happy. And the Oceans movies are fun and very enjoyable. And they're heist movies. And we had to get some heist movies on the list. Yeah, and then um, I added Mission Impossible because I think this is like the quintessential current dad action franchise that exists and it those movies are somehow underrated now. Like people forget that they exist, but they're doing James Bond better than James Bond at this point. Although it's more, it's more action oriented, but I think it's because the front end of the franchise kind of took that down dip. And so by the time it got great in the last few entries, 
like people hadn't realized it was suddenly like a great franchise in in this house we stand john woo okay so i'll I'll just say this i watched the whole franchise like a year ago in the first movie the effects and stuff it do not hold up that movie <laughs> no like, it looks very 90s <laughs> it look it, it looks like it was pre like action resurgence it's like There's the opposite so of the Matrix, bad. where you watch it now and you're like, <laughs> you're like, ooh, this movie feels old. And then the second one is bad. Sorry, John Woo. I, I'll pretend. I'll delete this so you can't hear it. And then the third movie is okay, but it's low budge for sure. Like you could tell they didn't. Ha- they were trying to save the franchise at that point, and I think they did a good job, kind of reviving it and making sure that more of those movies get made. Anyway, let's get to eliminating. Uh, the Pen of Destiny has chose Eric to go first. Eric, what's which one are we eliminating? Shrek out. Shrek. Out. Why don't you like Shrek, dude? Shrek's awesome. I don't think it's funny. I I named something funny in the first movie. Uh, okay. The fir- don't Actually, say the second, donkey's funny. The, the second the funny. second movie's the best one. Great. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, hot that, take. That, hot take. All right. Great. Something. Oh no! Very I'll hot. give you something funny in the first movie. When something he's torturing the, the ginger red movie, man. Okay, that is funny actually. Um, <laughs> okay. You're a monster. Not my gumdrop <laughs> buttons. Um, but uh, something that I know that Eric will specifically appreciate is the entire Lord Farquaad character was basically a petty shot at somebody that the writer and director team didn't like. That is, so, if, that if is Chris, a point. That is why I will allow this conversation to go five seconds if longer. Chris is Chris. If Chris Farley played Shrek, would you feel differently about it? Most definitely. That's the original cast, by the way. Yep. He died. He died before they could actually. Yeah, make well, it, good. Good thing for Mike Myers that he got his payday. <laughs> I thought Myers did okay, but it's definitely like very Mike Myers, like the whole th- the whatever he's doing in that. All right, Kevin, yes. go ahead. Go ahead and eliminate a franchise. All right, I'm going to eliminate the Hunger Games because someone needs to eliminate that early. Um, those movies exist. All right, yeah, they're. I don't have any strong feelings about. They Hunger made Games a lot of money, so anyway. they're on the list. It was the first movie to break a movie into two parts to try to make more money, though, and that uh, I do not like. So, no. d- wow. yeah, uh, yeah. Well, did, did Breaking Dawn, did Breaking Dawn Part One and Two from Twilight? I don't know. Twilight they all kind of did first? it at the same time. Same with the Harry Potter movie. I feel like all those movies out. were in production at the same yeah. time. They all decided, like, "Hey, we're going to do this thing." I mean, and they all it, equally suck for doing it. So, yeah. All right. Uh, I'm going to go and eliminate uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. I actually think these movies are fun, but I just they're not good. So I'm going. It's an easy elimination for me. I would say the first one is. I I, I think you could make an argument the first one is good, and beyond that, no. I, I'll have this. I would rather watch National Treasure before I'd watch any Pirates of the Caribbean movie, and I think that should tell you everything I mean, about the Treasure Pirates of the Caribbean. National Treasure. Yeah. So all right, uh, we're back around the horn. It's in the title. To Eric, go ahead. Uh, I feel I feel like I'm getting rid of our grandfather's favorite movie here uh eliminating jaws jaws the and original summer would buster. say how can you get rid of jaws uh yeah, well, because the there's per- only one good jaws but to which you respond have you seen jaws the revenge yes yeah, exactly <laughs> michael kane's greatest work all right uh kevin what do you want to get rid of now uh i'm gonna get rid of a movie franchise that hasn't had a good entry in decades, and that is Superman. Oh, okay. Um, I, I am not a fan of any of the new Superman movies. I don't think any I, of them are very good. I liked Man of Steel. I didn't. Uh, I thought that one was okay, and I thought Superman Returns wasn't horrible. Although Kevin Spacey was bad in that movie. I've got a couple <laughs> of uh, I've got a couple more kind of easier eliminations. We'll see if they get back to me, and then it's going to get kind of challenging. Wow, right. Kevin uh, really just crapping all Eric, over Quest for Peace. 
<laughs> Sorry. I, I mean, Superman does have a lot of bad, the bad movies mixed in with the the decent ones. When a few for everyone that you're just like, wow. The next one is like, hmm. yeah. All right, Eric, what are you thinking? Um, I thought it was your turn because I just went. Am I am right. I wrong about that? No, you yeah, I I went and then you're still now it's your turn again. Who'd you go with? Who, I got rid of. I got rid of. Uh, what did I get rid of, Kevin? You didn't get rid of anything. Thank I got you. rid of something, and we talked about Superman. Yeah. No, I got rid of Pirates of the Caribbean, and then Eric got rid of Jaws, and you got yep. rid of Superman. So, yeah. And now it's you again. No, no. Oh, okay. Because Eric started. Thank you. Oh. Now, now I have to yeah. step forward. Okay. Then I. Ladies and gentlemen, get... congratulations! I'll it get... is over eighty degrees regularly, and all of us melted. I'm in the head. sweating, dude. I'm sweating so much right now because I have to. Good. I had to turn the air conditioner off because it's too loud in this room. So like, it's just like. Yeah, I'm, we're bringing I'm the pain. literally dying for this podcast. I'm di- I'm bleeding for y'all. Okay, uh, I'm gonna get rid of Transformers. Those movies suck, uh, except well, for the 19. 19- one of my easy eliminations. Except for except for the one that's the Instruments of Destruction one. That one is sweet. The uh, where, where Optimus Prime dies. That the one greatest is cool. animated feature of all time. Take that. That is a great up. great movie. Uh, <laughs> it, that that's the only animated feature to make Eric cry. That's why he's saying that. It's um, uh, that and the last unicorn. Okay, Eric, go ahead. <laughs> uh, you know, sometimes you have dragon. to eliminate something uh, to keep your friends' movies in there. And it's also, I think it's an easy elimination. Uh, I'm going to take something off near and dear to my heart. X-Men, uh, we'll see you later. Uh, that was mixed, one and a half good movies. All mutants mixed, die, go away. What's the Okay, what's the best X-Men movie? I think it's Logan, <laughs> clearly. Well, it's Logan and then... Is that even an X-Men movie though? Because like it I mean it kind of is, but like it's, it's a proxy X-Men movie. You kind of have Days, Days of Future Pass is the second Days best one. No, no, no. Fun. X2. X2. Uh, X2 is worse than X1. I disagree. I disagree and with that. Too. Days of Future Past has the cool X2 has a really X2 has a really cool code open too with the with Nightcrawler. X3's awful though. Yes. X3's X3's pretty bad. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> um okay. Anyway, so so we all agree that Logan's the best X-Men movie, though, correct? Yeah, sure. Uh, okay. All right. Kevin is up, right? right. Uh, yes. It would I can't keep me. track. So, Kevin, you just you do, you start keeping track for me. Go ahead. Uh, all right. I'm going to eliminate. This one gets a little bit harder because now we're getting into movies I actually kind of like. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and at this point, I'm going to knock out Jurassic Park because the first movie was epic and cool and good. <laughs> and then they made more movies. Yeah, well, I think it's cool that they had I think it's cool they had a Tyrannosaurus Rex attack uh, San Diego. So I'm I'm fine with it. I think but, it's cool that he had a dream in an airplane. That there was Raptor Dream, right, yes. Raptor Dream, so sweet though. Okay, that's yeah, the I'm, second <laughs> best movie in all of Jurassic Park. Is just the, the clip of the Raptor Dream. <laughs> just Raptor all right, Dream. Eric. We're at the no. point now where people are going to get mad, which I like. We are very close. We are very close to Eric, but first Nathan. Oh, okay. Then I'm going to get rid of. I'm going to eliminate. I don't want to eliminate. I'll get rid of Harry Potter. Why not? I'm not. Uh, yeah. Because really... the Fantastic Beast movies suck, and the Harry Potter movies are all okay. Yeah, there's Such like two. There, there's like two do. really good ones. The effects are really good in that one. I'm not Slytherin, dude. I'm Gryffindor. But uh, not that I care that much about personality That's what tests. A Slytherin would say. The, the, do you know that's funny is that like those there was like a whole cottage industry of young adult books that that exploited how much people like personality tests yep like it was like harry potter with the houses and then there was divergent uh and then which there, i don't it, know what the system is in that because i, I can't i can't remember about them. i can't remember i read those books but i can't even remember what they were and then there, but yeah there's every there's like a whole industry of hey people like personality tests let's make a 
let's make a thing. So yeah. Anyway, Eric. Yes, I'm gonna take one off via technicality, and this is kind of hard because there's a lot of films in this franchise, and frankly, I enjoy a lot, but I just, guys, I'm not really feeling the summer vibe here, and so I'm taking off the Star Trek. Okay. I one thing is I the newer Star Trek movies definitely have that summer movie vibe, yes. right? Yes. Like that. Yeah. Ju- and I actually. <laughs> People are going to be mad at me for this. I like those Star Trek movies better than the old ones because they're, they're more they're fun. And yes. I, when I watch a summer movie, I just want to like turn my brain off and have fun, um, which is perhaps why I like the Fast and the Furious movies so much. But the, so the, those Star Trek movies work for me, even though I know they're they're kind of missing the point of Star Trek, which is to be like thinky and moral. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying, Eric. Though, though, especially the earlier Star Treks don't have a summer movie vibe at all. Uh, all right, old. is it my turn? All right, or I'm turn? going Kevin. to be eliminating. <laughs> the spider-man franchise because into the spider-verse was a winter movie just like Um, just like venom you're a loser well you know that makes sense because we're both losers both me and the spider-man franchise um the thing is that the spider-man franchise bottoms out really hard and it doesn't have enough top tier to drag it up versus all these other ones it's like the very first Tobey Maguire one was cool for what it did at the time to kind of get those off the ground. I didn't like the other two. Then we had two horrible movies and the new ones are kind of cool rogues galleries, but like they just no movie in that series aside from the winter animated release that isn't really even part of it. uh, Holds up to the best of any of these other series on here. Where Superman had you believe a man could fly. I'm not Spider-Man had you believe a 40 year old man played a teenager. I'm not going to punish <laughs> movies for when they came out because Lord of the Rings, those all came out on Christmas. Marvel, uh, a lot of uh, Star Wars movies came out towards Christmas. You know, like, I, I don't know. I, I think, like, uh, any well, of these I'm movies could have come out. It doesn't feel like it's part of the same franchise. You know what I mean? Okay. Like, Into the Spider-Verse feels like a completely different set of movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Venom feels like a completely different. It's like a campy, yes. schlocky. I'm going to get... It's my turn, right? Yeah. I'm yes. going to get rid of Rocky. Fair. I like Rocky. I think it's cool. I think the way that they revived the series with Michael B. Jordan and Creed is excellent. It just feels like this is when it's the time for just it to go. Don't forget about the robot. Uh, oh yeah, love. Actually, a love story between his man and his robot is probably. Can we can we go back? Act. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. So now it's Eric. Uh, another technicality. Uh, Kevin kind of mentioned it. Lord of the Rings. Great first three movies uh, of that that trilogy. I really enjoyed. I just don't feel a summertime vibe from him, and I got to. And, and also the Hobbit, the Hobbit, like. I love how I love how they managed to do uh, three three hundred plus page books in three movies and one two hundred page book in three movies. Here's the thing about oh, that gosh. Hobbit movie: is if if Peter Jackson could would it would it could have been given like the time and effort he put into the Lord of the Rings movies, they probably would have been just as good as the Lord of the Rings movies. But those movies, they made it seems like they made them in summer camp. You know what I mean? It's like, it was a hey, cash grab. Here's my student film versions of the Lord of the Rings. It's, or a, it's, something. A, popcorn, it's a popcorn movie. It's a popcorn. Okay. <laughs> All right. Who's up, Kevin? Um, let's see who just eliminated Eric. Eric. Yes. Yeah. Okay. It's real. Tough. So then I am going to eliminate word. Okay. So we're down to MCU, star Wars, James Bond, Batman, Indiana Jones, 10. Fast and Furious, Toy Story, Mission Impossible, Oceans, and Terminator. These are the top. This is the top 10. And at this what point, I'm going to have to eliminate. It's really hard, but I think I'm going to have to eliminate James Bond. And the reason mm-hmm. I have to eliminate James Bond is because, um, again, for as many good movies as there are, 
there are some duds and taking it as its whole work um i think this is about the right spot for it to go out any any franchise that runs as long as that one though is going to have some movies that are like lesser and so i i i don't know i kind of uh agreed though i think that that puts me up and uh i or does it i don't know yes it does anymore all right mission impossible i think it's like the fact that it goes one spot after james bond feels perfect to me (laughs) so so i want to do it eric go ahead Oh man, this is where it gets so hard. I'm taking out Star Wars because whoa, I don't, I don't know when Empire came out. But I'm going to be honest, I I watched Empire when I was like 2 or something. So, did I watch it? I loved Return of the Jedi back then because I was a little kid. Now I think it's it's just a weak entry in the series. Um like we like we talked about James Bond, there's so many entries in the series. But does it give off the summer vibe? No, it does not. And so uh, it's it's kind of like a, my. I like how Eric animation. really wants these to be us. He's like, I don't care if the franchise is good. If it doesn't feel summer blockbustery to me, it's Guys, good to me. I know how to Get play it weird that Star Wars, which was one of the original summer blockbusters, doesn't feel summer blockbuster to Get you. It. Get it so out. So it makes kind of a funny thing in this situation where I'm like. So, because well, like, did you want the Pirates of the Caribbean movie to win because the weather's really nice in all the I mean, movies? They're not Where's here, this and, going? I, and I don't want that. And also, have you re- have you gotten that ride, dude? The Pirates of the Caribbean ride—that's a good ride at Disneyland. That's that's what we're rating is is rides, okay. rides in the winter. Uh, it's Kevin's turn. Uh, it yes, is. it is. And I'm going to eliminate. Oh, this is really hard. Um, fine. I'm going to bite the bullet and do it. I'm going to eliminate Terminator. Oh, and I'm gonna let me terminate it because bitch. it's two good movies and a bunch of bad movies, and that's why it needs to be eliminated. Now. Dagger movies. I am at a point where I like some of these much more than others, and uh, I'm going to take out. Uh, there are there are four Here's I the love. Thing. I feel like the thing you're trying not to do is what I just almost did, which is I almost eliminated the MCU. Well, I'm not going to eliminate the MCU yet. I think it's Indiana Jones time because that last movie was trash. And I, the other ones are good, but you can't. It's just like been too long. And that's it doesn't have these franchises that are left have put out like either four excellent movies or like 10 acceptable ones. You know what I mean? Which yeah. is like just a different land than like three good ones and one trash one. Right. So. So, yeah. All right. Anyway, the bye, Indiana Jones. Have a good have a good uh, night, Eric. Uh, this is this is tough for me because it's it's gonna feel personal, but it's not. I'm gonna take out Oceans. Um, okay. It it lasted a long time. I love Oceans Eleven. I love that so much. It was so good. I I don't like Oceans Twelve. Um, I don't think I've seen all of Oceans Thirteen. But it's a good movie. Uh, yeah, that's should, what you're saying. It. I'm just and Oceans uh, Eight was good. Yeah, I have no interest in Oceans Eight. Mindy Kaling. So yeah, it's up. <laughs> Mindy, Mindy Kaling hater. All right, uh, Kevin, it's up to you. Uh, we got smart MCU, Bat- Batman's, uh, Fast and Furious, and Toy Story. Uh, I'm having a hard time with this one because there's uh, a few that stuck around longer than I think they should. And then okay. there's one that I actually don't want to win. But I think at this point, I have to eliminate Fast and Furious. Oh, I was I was going to make it so hard for Eric if you didn't do that, by the way, uh, by by being just like a huge jerk. But but uh, you should you should have done it because I think it'd be funnier. 
but anyway, <laughs> go, but anyway, go ahead. Why, why, why Fast and Furious instead of these other ones? Uh, I think Fast and Furious because, well, it's the most turn off your mind, enjoy fun, big, stupid movie. Um, Fast Five was the best one. And I would say Fast Five was on par of enjoyment with any of the movies in any of these other series. But then the next best one just doesn't compare to the next best one. That's kind of that's where I've gotten to at this point is it's like because like, yes, Too Fast, Too Furious was not very good. And uh, Fate of the Furious was uh, like the whole submarine thing. I, I, I did not need that in my life. Uh, I'm gonna let you behind the curtain though. Yeah, the fast eight, fast eight, fate of the furious is meh. But uh, but if you would have eliminated uh, MCU, you're gonna eliminate MCU. Uh, I was gonna eliminate Batman to make Eric pick between Toy Story and Fast and Furious <laughs> because that's just funnier to me because I know Eric is rooting so hard for Batman right now and like just eliminating it right before so he has to pick between two like franchises like one that's it's like a kids movie and the other one is like a dumb action movie it's like like one just funny yeah. when, when it when it when i know in his heart he really wants to anyway it just wanted funny to me but that's <laughs> so that's you're okay. still gonna eliminate batman here right no uh <laughs> no i'm gonna give eric the layup and, and eliminate uh marvel cinematic yep. universe here and and that's because i, all I think it's the worst good. i think it's the worst of these three for me and i'm going to be i'm gonna play this honestly and straight down the middle because that's how i always do it <laughs> but but uh <laughs> fair, fair and balanced nathan santo that's right but, but that that's the way you should do it right no the the real thing here is that um the mcu is good but the average quality of the movie for me it, None of them, in my opinion, are great, and most of them are, but they're all good. So it's like Marvel Cinematic hard... Universe is like scoop of chocolate, scoop of vanilla. It's very delicious, but but it's, it's like boring. It's just there. It's it's <laughs> I, it's always going to be fine. If you told me I had never, I could never watch a Marvel Cinematic Universe again, I would just be like, oh, <laughs> like like <laughs> there it would have no effect on me at all. If you told me I could, I just had to stop watching those movies. Well. On the other hand, like if so, if someone said, "Hey, you could have free tickets to every Marvel movie for us," I'd be like, "Oh, cool!" Like I wouldn't be like over the moon or anything, but it would be cool, right? Like so, it's not it's not the best, it's not the worst. It's it like you said, Eric. It's Neapolitan ice cream, right? Like yeah, just put it on my plate. Uh, there's three colors. It's it's fun, but it's not changing my life or anything. Bearing sorry, the sorry. Lead here, you eat ice cream off a plate. What kind of a oh. sociopath are you? Well, only if it's only if it's Neapolitan, because you know, because you got to slice it to to keep the three the three levels intact, and you have a nice slice of ice cream and in a bowl. Goes it in, looks no. weird. Now, now I know plate. you well enough. Though you're, now you're slicing with a spoon. This is going all sorts. No, of I'm not slicing with a spoon, dude. I'm slicing with a knife. You know, you got to keep the, you got to keep through the with box. Neapolitan with Neapolitan ice cream. You have to keep the integrity of the three colors intact. You can't we just are like very far off the rails. Here. You just can't just like <laughs> scoop through and then have like an imbalance of what kind of ice cream you're getting. What's the point? Why would you even is try? Is this to going do back to MCU? You have to keep your uh, Neapolitan in balance, as all things should be. Per- perfectly balanced, exactly. All right, Eric. I know you love both of these franchises, I do. but I know, and I know Batman's like your your in your heart favorite. But what are you going to pick, Batman's or Toy Stories? And I want to make the argument at this point that I think you should consider the average rating of each movie um, at this point. And also, uh, I'd like to point out that Toy Story movies did get summer releases, and so did Bat. So did Batman. Yeah, so did Batman. Though. Except for your guys' favorite, uh, Batman Returns, uh, you know, since I <laughs> since I get to, since I get to choose, I am going to take the Batmans. Uh, I, gonna, so so Toy Story is eliminated. Yeah, it is. Sorry, Toy Story, but you're going to be a padded sub forever. <laughs> um, 
I really liked Batman '89 when it came out. It it meant a lot, and it did a. You're a big Batman and Robin fan. It, yeah. Oh my dear lord, Kevin, you stop it. Nobody. Uh, George Clooney hates that movie. I I think it's a good time for us to tell a story about our experience with together with Batman because I think it's a big reason why we're uh, as good of friends as we are now, Eric. Uh, yeah. was the that whole thing. So when when I was a, I think I was a freshman in college, um, and uh, I had known Eric for a while, but the but I um, the Dark Knight was coming out, and they did an alternate reality game that Eric got really involved in, and he roped me into it and got me doing it too. Where uh, Eric got this cell phone, and the Joker would call him. And how long did you keep that Joker cell phone, Eric? Well, I still have it because you still have it. But I mean, yeah. like, how long did you use it? I mean, <laughs> I your... never, I never put an account on it because. Okay. So, as Jesus, give me a crazy story. I'm gonna try and condense it. There was, it was a. There were websites that would yeah, pop that... up on certain other websites, and it there would be a code you would have to crack. And yeah, there's, there was like a there was like stuff going on in the website. Yes, and when you when out. you unlock things, it would unlock the new trailer early. It would. Um, you know, it would give you a promotional that, poster. That trailer early thing was fun because I'm on I'm on the phone with Eric and they're in him and my sister are in downtown Seattle and he's like telling me what this what's going on and I'm looking at a website that has a bunch of crazy stuff on it yes. and like trying to decode it to help him get to this what ended up being the the trailer early. You guys are one of the first people in the theater too, right? We yep. you guys figured it out the yeah, fastest. We were, yeah. We were, I think the second group. Um yeah. but there was so I, I basically got a cell phone I, I got an address in the well, address. Wasn't that also was... the Rick roll that you pulled? What? Nathan pulled an epic Rick roll around. Uh, the oh, yeah. There too. Was, yes, there was like a ch- IRC chat and then everyone was like, yes. And I think I got like like a hundred. Yeah, like a, a ton. He of was waiting like for the UK time slot that that trailer was going to play and posted a Rick roll in place of it and oh, got a lot of people. It was, it was like it was the most I've good. ever, most, I, I think the most groans I've ever gotten for a Rick roll in my life. Good for you. And that was like peak Rick rolling time too. No, but I, 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 I decoded something and it gave me the uh, address to Columbia city bakery. And I had to go there and say the name Robin banks. And I went, I, it was at lunch. I, I took like an early lunch at 1030, uh, drove the three miles to the Columbia city bakery. Cause it was near my job. I went in there and I said, hi, uh, I'm here for Robin Banks. And the woman at the counter was like, uh, hold on. And then this other woman came out and she goes, you're here for the Robin Banks cake? And I was like, uh, sure. And she said, uh, she gave it to me and she said, happy birthday. And I was like, uh, and when I opened up the cake, it had a cell phone. It had a phone number on it. And I got back to work and long story short, I called the number and there was a cake inside the phone. Which uh, you know was a giveaway for what happens when the Joker puts a, uh, a phone. There's a cake there was, inside. In the there was a phone inside. Sorry, the phone cake. inside the cake. No, no, we're going with the first version. <laughs> anyway, it's like when the Joker puts a phone inside the fat guy. There was a bunch of crazy so, stuff in so this game too. Like, don't someone, bury the lead. How was the cake? It was not good. Uh, oh, people, people found yeah. like a Joker, Joker bowling ball. They, they, there was like That's a bunch ball, of. Yeah. There's a bunch of stuff, and anyway, it all ended with us being in a in a pre, uh, me, Eric, and a couple friends uh, in a the first non-press screening of the dark Knight, So it's like a week before the movie actually came out and uh, there's guys in the front row. Remember these guys, there's guys in the front of the theater facing the wrong way, wearing night vision goggles to make sure that we weren't recording. (laughs) I do remember that. (laughs) Yeah, it was pretty crazy, dude. But I mean, that movie rules. So like I said, that's a, it would be, Eric became 
good friends because of that. And I think like it, uh, it was, it, that was it's a good lot movies of movies around too. Batman. I mean, even, uh, the Jim Carrey Batman forever, it's not a good movie, but I remember that year and that I had fun seeing the movie and being like, ah, that was kind of disappointing. All right. Well, if you want to tell us why we're, why we're stupid, uh, then go ahead and hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, or get in the discord. We'll see you guys next week and go Hawks.